Good morning, everyone. My name is Scott Young with Optrix Engineering. And with me, I have Sean Sturby, our Technical Services Manager. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Scott. Now, this is another edition of the Optrix Insider. We have four topics to cover today. The first one is Dell BIOS Connect has a vulnerability. CVS, the popular pharmacist, pharmacy chain in the US, has a health leak with 1 billion records. Western Digital's MyBook has a remote factory reset, and we're going to finish off with Zero Trust. Let's start with Dell BIOS Connect vulnerability. So Dell BIOS Connect is actually a utility that comes on Dell desktops that allows you to do a platform update. So update the BIOS and update the, the UEFI firmware. Now, what's been reported is that the way that it verifies that it is getting the update properly from Dell support site seems to be broken. Uh, it's not a huge issue, but it, because it requires a man in the middle, but the, the existing Dell BIOS Connect firmware, the utility that goes out and does this update, it looks to validate the certificate of the server that's sending it. That's a good thing. Unfortunately, it will accept any wildcard certificate that has a trusted root. So uh, it's uh, verifying that somebody has a certificate. It might not be Dell certificate. So uh, they mentioned, and I've heard numbers anywhere from 30 to 130 million systems that are vulnerable to this. They recommend manually updating the BIOS if you have one of the affected systems because you can't trust that somebody isn't doing a man in the middle on you and is trying to get a misconfigured version or a malware laden version of the BIOS or UEFI firmware. A uh, bit of a uh, side and aside here on this. Uh, it used to be that the BIOS, the basic input output system on a computer, that's the piece of computer code responsible for when the computer wakes up saying, you know, do I have all of my arms and legs and, and uh, various different peripherals? Do I understand how they all fit together? Yes, do some basic health checks. Do I have a hard drive? Do a, you know, can I talk to all my memory? Those kinds of things. It used to be burned into a, an actual physical chip and was very small. Uh, when UEFI, Unified Extensible Firmware Interface came along, it is effectively another miniature operating system. So, that is what is being updated with the BIOS, BIOS platform security or Stell's client security update. It's a, it replaces the BIOS and does a lot more things. Uh, I know on servers I've used it before where you go into the BIOS and tell the BIOS, hey, please do an update on all of the server hardware, all of the uh, various network and hard drive cards that are in the system and the BIOS and the management platform. And it goes out and it just happily updates it. It has to have a lot more functionality to be able to do that. So uh, Dell recommends if, uh, and they have a huge list of systems that are vulnerable, make sure that you either manually update it or uh, you could also uh, disable the BIOS update platform on those systems, just completely uninstall it. And then you would have to manually do it. Probably not gonna happen in larger organizations. Interesting. 
Anything else on that? No, oh, that's it. Okay, thank you. Let's talk about CVS, the popular pharmacy, pharmacy chain in the US. Had a health leak with 1 billion records. That's not good. Uh, well, just to clarify, it was CVS Health had a 1 billion record leak. Ah. So it's uh, when they look at the records, it's not actually the health records that leaked. It was the web shopping cart records. So uh, a billion records, things that were included are things like uh, add to cart, configuration, uh, order, remove from cart, search, visitor ID, session ID, device information. So cart, uh, it, that tells you how important or how valuable your surfing habits are to these large corporations that they had literally a billion records on what people are doing when they are shopping online. Interesting that it didn't include, well, hopefully it didn't include uh, any healthcare information. No, but you could, you know, if somebody keeps adding a certain type of product to their cart or checks out and purchases product XYZ that only is needed when they have say an insulin dependency, then now you know that they have a problem with diabetes. Yeah, you know, it's, that's that health information, it seems potentially innocuous, but obviously it's important to someone. It, it, now to, obviously a lot of, we do a lot of things online, whether it be banking, whether it be ordering your um, prescriptions, et cetera, online. In terms of safe ha surfing habits, I know one product that we use at, uh, for, to protect our desktops is F-Secure, and they have a browser protection anytime it sees that you're going to a banking site, it'll basically, it looks like it freezes out what happens on the other sites until you're, you've exited out of the, uh, your session with your bank. What other things can people do to protect themselves online? And would that even have made a difference with this leak? It wouldn't have made a difference with this. So, you know, the standard things, make sure that your computer and your browser are up to date, uh, that you have an up-to-date antivirus, anti-malware solution in place so that uh, as you go to these different sites, you know, uh, just being cognizant of the sites that you're going to, you, know, you don't want to be buying stuff off of uh, you know little ted's bait shop if you've never ever heard of little ted's bait shop and it looks like it was built in 1990 <laughs> okay. uh, in this case the these records appear to be the web server side so you you your browser has to make a connection to the server to say hey can you display this web page i'm interested in looking or searching for x well, that information all gets sent to the servers running the website. And that's what looks like the records that were uh, leaked this time is the ones that were actually maintained or held on the server. Is this where an application, web application firewall would have helped? I'm assuming CVS would have one, but what do you, if you have a, a, a web server serving websites, mm -hmm. what is the best way to protect that? Yes, having some additional layers of uh, protection, web application firewall, as you stated. Uh, in this case, it looks like somebody said, here's a year's worth of 
our web server logs or however long it was, uh, and we need to mine it for additional details, or we're going to send it off to a third party for them to mine it for additional details. And they made those logs available and didn't secure it. Wow. So it's, you know, uh, here's all of our private and confidential information, and we're just going to put it in the dumpster out back and not put a lock on it. Well, no, you want to uh, secure it. You don't want it transported on in a dumpster. You want to have it go through a secure shredding facility. And, you know, once this information is used, do you still need to keep it? People tend to be data hoarders. Right. Uh, just to, to final, do one final dive, and what you're saying then is there were some logs that were present were presented on the um, internal server that somebody was able to act. How how are able people? How are they able to get at it? It was a non-password protected database that was discovered by a security researcher. Uh, uh, they immediately told CVS. And CVS said that uh, it was a third party provider that was doing something for them that had inadvertently uh, exposed the data and the access was restricted that same day. So we don't know how long it was available before the security researcher discovered it and disclosed it properly. It was just out there on the web. If you had the URL to it, it appeared. That's Interesting. So I guess the good news is then it was more in terms of leak. It wasn't actually leaked to by to like a hacking group. It was more a, a bit less a security researcher. So we'll assume that they're white hat. Found this vulnerability. Let CVS know they fixed it right away. Correct. Okay, so that's not as bad, but uh, it's good that the security research pointed it out. And that's also just to finish this one up. Good that when you have third parties helping you out just to, uh, I'm sure there's NDAs and contracts that you mm -hmm. sign to make sure that that everything is done uh, secure, securely. Yeah, and this one was, as we said, a big 1 billion record uh, of information. And a lot of companies are reporting it as health records that were leaked. It's not health records, but it's still valuable data. Exactly, okay, interesting. Western Digital, my book. Remote yeah. factory reset. Okay, what happened there? So the Western Digital MyBook Live and MyBook Live Duo are network attached backup hard drives. So we talk about uh, network attached storage, something like a, a QNAP, where you put multiple hard drives into this little unit. The MyBook ones are just a smaller version of that. They're designed to... Uh, sit on your network at home so that you can say, okay, my laptop, I'm going to back it up to this, my book, or, you know, I take all of the pictures off my camera. I don't want them on just one computer. I want them available everywhere. I'm going to put them on the, the my book. And it acts like a centralized file server. It's basically, okay, so for those who aren't familiar with QNAP, it's an external hard drive. Uh, there are Drobo's. Um, that also have multiple hard drives that mirror each other to make the data safe. So this is a Western Digital's version. Correct. Okay. So recently, uh, people on the Western Digital community have been reporting that it appears that their bot, their devices have been wiped. They're they're coming up as if they are 
fresh from the factory, there's no data on them, something has happened. And you know, if you've had this for a while, then you could have a ton of information on there. You know, you're counting for years back, your tax records, all of your baby pictures from your first five years of your kid's life, very valuable information, and then it's all gone. So this highlights a couple of things. Uh, one of them is that these MyBook uh, Live and Duo devices, they're able to do something called universal plug and play, UPnP, which is a way of communicating with your firewall at home and saying, uh, I wanna be reachable from the internet. So the, it's a automated way. And if people don't know about it, they don't know that this place that they're storing all of their valuable data is also reachable on their internet connection. So that was the first thing. And then it appears that uh, there was a vulnerability in the firmware on these devices where somebody on the internet has figured out a way to send the factory reset command without actually logging in or being authorized. So that's what's happening. Now they are uh, saying that the firmware was last updated in 2015, I believe. So these are older devices. They're still working, but they are, you know, A, you don't want them exposed directly on the internet and B, you wanna make sure that they're up to date as much as possible. And C, just because you have all your data in on a, uh, device like this, and it sounds like the Live Duo actually has two hard drives, so they're mirrored, doesn't mean that your data is actually backed up. It might be redundantly saved, but it's not a true offsite backup. So get a second one, copy everything from one to the other using something like RoboCopy, and then disconnect it. Uh, disconnect it, put it in, in a safe, take it to the, the friend's place. Friend's place, take mm -hmm. it to work. Interesting. Yeah. Some people are re reporting that uh, they are able to use some hard drive recovery software on these devices and get their data back, but Western Digital is still in, yeah, investigating. Hmm. Yeah, that that's where you break into cold sweats potentially when you <laughs> when, when you say, "Hey, everything's backed up," and then blank hard drive. Yeah, the what agony the, of delete. The agony, that's a good one. And also, yeah, that's that's a strange one. Okay, anything left on that? That's it. Okay, our final topic is zero trust. So that's a term that I've been hearing a lot in the industry over the last little while, uh, mainly because the White House has issued a brief or a presidential executive order to improve the nation's cybersecurity. And in section 3A, it talks about that all of the government departments need to advance toward a zero trust architecture. So what is zero trust? Uh, currently, or, or typically, most organizations, they put a firewall up between the office and the internet, and that is the hard shell. And then the inside of the network is the soft center. And it's pretty common for people to say, okay, if you're inside the network, we trust you. So zero trust is no trust for you. Hmm. 
it doesn't matter where you are or what device you are, it has to be verified and authenticated. So the principles are verify explicitly, use least privilege, and assume breaches. So even if you are, you know, you bring your, your laptop to the office, you plug it down on the Wi-Fi, before you get access to anything, even the internet, your laptop has to be verified, you have to be verified, the integrity of the operating system on that laptop has to be verified, and then you get access to just the things that you absolutely need. That's an interesting concept because we, we've seen um, a, a rise with phishing attacks and, and they're going after that one person or people in the, in the office who are going to click a link they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And that unknowingly releases a, a virus or a Trojan or, or malware into the office and that just wreaks havoc. Ransomware. Could be, ransomware, exactly. I take it then that this is one way to, to help reduce that. Um, and there's tools out there also that, that like I think WatchCard's Panda keeps an eye on what's going on in the network to, and if something doesn't small right then it's able to isolate uh, where the problem is because it also talks to the watch guard firewall for example Correct. and some of the some of these other uh antivirus they they don't go based on signatures they go based on more or less known baseline behavior and then if something happens that's not yeah. uh, right they use ai to kind of figure things out which follows along yeah. th that path. So. so for example, in our office, you know, there's a group of people in the admin department that need access to the accounting data. Right. If somebody in the sales department who has their own separate uh, content management system or customer management system, all of a sudden is trying to access that data, that should be blocked. Right. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, it's unfortunate that uh, the zero trust seems to be the route to go, but uh, yeah, the hackers are, are becoming more and more, uh, well, incredibly sophisticated. So this is, yeah. I guess, a way to fix it. And that's what they do is they, if they get access to one system, then they use that as a foothold to pivot onto right. all of the other systems. Right. And even with uh, working from home, that adds another layer of, of uh, complexity. And there, I was watching, and I think I posted it to one of the more uh, previous videos, uh, Christian Slater's latest, The Wolf, and it focused on, on issues with phishing and social engineering and people working from home. And also the fact that that you're sharing your laptop with your kids who might not pay attention to, mm -hmm. to the same, same level. And they just want to play their game. And they'll, if something pops up, they'll just press it to make it go away. Meanwhile, you've unleashed, uh, he's, he or she has un knowingly unleashed a virus that completely mm -hmm. takes everybody out. So it's certainly a, a scary world out there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I remember that actually happening uh, with one of our coworkers, uh, 10 years or so ago, helped them set up a laptop. And I strongly suggested that they set up an account for themselves, an account for administering the laptop, and an account for their kids and, and or guests. 
And about a week later, they came back and they said, yeah, so my kids said, hey, we can't install game XYZ. And she went, yes, you're right. And was very happy. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's also a good point that the, all the users base level permissions, they can't install anything without passing it by you. And you, you're good at quizzing, why do you need this? Even if it's a, a software update, uh, like we had to do today actually for accounting software. Uh, but it's good to have that uh, sit on your hands before you do anything and, and double check things. So excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Sean, for those topics. One thing I'd like to just mention is if security is a concern for you, we have access to a lot of different um, vendors. Uh, we have uh, a lot of expertise in this area. Sean, Sean certainly you do. You, you're, you're working with clients all the time. And this is something that if it's a concern for you, we'd love to talk to you. Go to optrix.com and you can fill out a contact form. Or if you're already a client of ours, you know how to get in touch with us. But we would love to talk to you. Info at optrix.com also is our email address. Thanks, Sean. Any final comments or shall we finish it there? That sounds good. Okay, great. Thanks again. Our four topics today was Dell BIOS Connect has a vulnerability, CVS Health had a billion records leak, but not really. It was more a, a security researcher pointed it out to them and they got that fixed right away. Western Digital, my book, had a factory reset. Interesting that the last time it had the, uh, been, firmware had been updated was 2015. So yes, they are old products. And then zero trust within your network. As always, if you have a question, comment or concern, please leave them in whichever way you are listening to this. We'd love to see that and share, like, and subscribe. Thank you for your time. We'll see you again. Bye for now. Bye.